Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 214. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Ian Fox. That's me! And while in this case, I identified you and reintroduced you to the audience, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the rather common phrase and apology, I'm not very good with names. And to me, there's actually a lot to unpack there. A few hours before you and I sat down to record, I was attending the wake of a relative and was introduced to probably upwards of 25 individuals who are family relatives or family friends that I didn't previously know. And while I don't think my memory is terrible, especially when it comes to one of my favorite topics, other people, I'll admit that I don't remember many of their names. And I think that illustrates part of where I'm coming from when I hear this phrase used so often to apologize to those whose names we've forgotten. And simply stated, the hypothesis on which I'm building some of my feelings, of course, to be subject to your scrutiny and that of the audience, is that I don't believe it's a personal issue, and I don't think the problem of forgetting people's names comes down to personal responsibility but rather a social or societal shortcoming. And I'm usually a pretty big proponent of personal responsibility, but in this case, I don't think our introductions are typically that unique or memorable. And secondly, I would combine that perspective, because some may disagree, with the idea that many of us are named after other people, or at a bare minimum, by parents who have concerns about future bullying or how we'll fit into society. So they give us names not that are boring, but that won't stand out, that won't call unnecessary attention to us. And certainly there are some individuals who are given incredibly unique names, And while I personally tend to love that, I look around at our society and see a lot of mockery and raised eyebrows when people are given unique or standout names. So on this phrase, I'm not that good with names, I really don't think it's so simple as personal memory failing us. Kip, I completely agree that there are many more factors to consider than we often do with this phrase. What came to mind for me was the situation and the setting in which we meet people. That for me makes a very big difference in how I associate that person and also how that person is lodged into my brain. For example, if I meet someone at a party, odds are less likely that I will actually remember their names, although I will probably remember anecdotes about them. Whereas if I meet someone in a one-on-one setting, there's a lot more to go with because your attention is more narrowed. And in a way, it also depends on just the presence that we bring when we do meet people. I am someone that would say that I'm not good with names, but that is also because I'm often unfocused when I meet someone, or at least I'm thinking about how to be interacting rather than actually just interacting. So in a way, if it is a matter of also the energy that we bring to one another when we do meet someone new, contrary to your point, it is a matter of personal responsibility. It's just kind of on the other end. It's almost less about your responsibility to remember them and almost our responsibility to them to actually bring our full selves so that there's more to pull on and also just so that we can really be present together without thinking of the social contracts that we're operating under. 
I want to thank you for the abundance of ideas there. I may not even get to all of them, but I'm particularly glad that you bring up this idea of the presence we have when we meet people, which ties into the context and the situations in which we encounter new identities, if you will. And like you said, at parties, a lot of us are flowing around and maybe not spending a ton of time with one or a few people. So it makes sense that our brains are going to be processing all kinds of information. And especially when at parties, we're trying to come across positively, perhaps to be well regarded by people we haven't met. And in certain cases, meet potential partners. There's all kinds of agendas and thoughts going on in our heads. So introductions and names might logically not be at the forefront. And tied to this idea of being present with other people, I love your wording that you often think about interacting rather than interacting, because a lot of us do that. We overthink, we add unnecessary layers, we try to figure out complex social maneuvers or strata, when simply, at least in my view of the world, people just want to be treated as people. And I think if you can break through some facades or show that you acknowledge social niceties while also recognizing the human being on the other side of this conversational corridor, that tends to go a long way. And I would also add that when you're introduced to someone, at least in our culture, there are very specific steps to introduction. You'll often hold out your hand, shake the other person's, and exchange names. And so what intrigues me there is that the title of the book is being given, so to speak, without knowing what the content is. And I do wonder, were we to reverse social situations a little bit, and give stories about ourselves, or exciting facts, or opinions, perspectives, things that make us rich inner people, and then share our names, if people would find names more memorable. Because in those early seconds, aside from perhaps a nice smile or a friendly handshake, that person hasn't told you much about themselves. And so you're not only judging a book by its cover, but hearing its title read aloud a single time, and I think most of us, very reasonably, wouldn't remember much about those metaphorical books in those circumstances. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that sort of idea of content before name or name before content. Partially, it's a matter of who is talking, who is listening, and everyone is learning in different ways. So I don't think there's any sort of blanket way. But in terms of how you wonder what would happen, if we're going with the metaphor of a book, I personally do find it useful to have a context through which to enter the actual story. The name is a framework, or at least a guiding principle for the book, that we can then interpret the rest of the stories through. That's not necessarily the case with a name, because obviously a person's name, one, doesn't reflect the content in the same way, and two, was given before there was the story to tell. That said, even as a matter of branding, for me, in grounding myself in someone's conversation, it's useful to have some sort of presence, or at least some sort of banner under which our conversation falls. So I'm not sure about that necessarily. But to tie it back to your original comments, maybe a deeper question is, what are these names? How did we get them? And where are they coming from? I think it'd be foolish to ignore the history of a lot of our names, even if they are common names. That doesn't mean that they are suddenly without history or without the sort of legacy that comes before them. Especially uncommon names, non-traditional names in certain regions, areas, countries will definitely be common somewhere else. And so while it may be more memorable for us in one place, it may not be in another place. But the point that I'm making is really, we're associating novelty with a sense of memorability, when in fact, they are separate, should be separate, and unfortunately are not separate. 
But what can we do as people in everyday interactions or even just with self-reflection? How can we separate those more? How can we separate the sense of worth or at least of value of our own presence of mind to associations that we're bringing into the situation? Well, with the use of the word value, my mind goes back to the book metaphor and actually how we interact with one another and the utility some of us find in social interaction. And somewhat cynically, I would say that many of us, outside of our core relationships, if you will, use introductions as time passers. In the book metaphor, we make one another into magazines, if you will, at certain social gatherings or circumstances where we don't expect to get much out of it. And that's certainly fine. You don't always need to bring 100% of yourself to every conversation. And if both parties have an implicit agreement that this doesn't need to be meaningful, I don't think it's necessarily hurtful that they might find one another a temporary time passer. But I do think if one of the two or several parties in a conversation is bringing more intention, does want to get to know other people, etc., that's where things become difficult because they're being seen as a magazine in this metaphor while they're trying to get to know the books, if you will. And so in contrast to my idealistic hope that we would all remember one another, remember our stories that we share, remember one another's names, it's worth remembering not only that the world is large, but that every day we may meet new people in our workplaces, on public transit, online even. There are countless names and bits of data overflowing in our lives. And so I think it makes a lot of sense that we might forget somewhat less important information. Yes, it's a tag for someone's identity, but a name is not the entirety of who someone is. I appreciate the fact that you brought up a sense of capacity. It raises a very valid question, which is really, do we even need to remember everyone's names? At the end of the day, just remembering the people who are either present or important in your life might be very well enough. Just because you may not remember the name of someone who you met at a party even yesterday, so what? And on the other side of that coin of minimal consequence, because I agree with you, it's not the end of the world if you do forget people's names, I've had some interesting experiences over the past few years where I've heard stories of someone that I've yet to meet, or friends of mine have said, Kip, I really think you'd enjoy so-and-so. And what I find fascinating about those stories is that the person didn't get to make their own introduction, but we aren't likely to share stories with other people if they are generic or don't contain distinguishing or memorable information. And so in a way, those special people that I've heard about before meeting have names that will stick out in my head because I'm likely to want to meet them and also to ask my friends, what was the name of that person again? I'd really like to get together with them sometime. And that intention, which to me is key in memory and also your enthusiasm for life, really helps cement that person's identity, or what I think it might be, in my mind. Kip, you raise a beautiful point, which is that the stories we tell ourselves are in a way greater than the actual stories themselves, especially when it comes to new people or new things, or those things or people we have not encountered yet. It happens with travel, it happens with food, it happens with people. And as we consider how we construct these characters in our minds, the name is absolutely central to that, but also not definitive. What comes to mind is social media, 
where people's names and profile pictures are almost entirely what you'll see of them besides their posting itself. So in a way, it is hashtag personal branding. But in a larger sense, the implicit and explicit things we're telling each other in those pictures, the tone of the colors, the objects in the name, or any sort of inclusion of a middle initial, small indicators like that help build a character, consciously or unconsciously. For example, there was a study that showed that those who have one middle initial in between their first and last name are perceived as much smarter than those without that middle initial, which is built on class structures and a whole history there. But things like that that build characters in our minds that, in a way, are not even a matter of a name, it's a matter of memorability and of their distinct qualities. Often I will meet someone or someone will meet me and we will think that we've met, that we've interacted, maybe even online, that is true. But the fact that we haven't met face to face and yet we are still sticking out in one another's mind. And that is another sort of reality of our current age, that names are greater than ourselves, just as in a way the stories that others tell about us can also be that. The difference, obviously, is that we are in control of one of those In a way, we're in control of the stories people tell about us, but also that's not entirely the case. So while I see different tools to help build that memorability, it's still true that we are creating systems that are not fostering the most appropriate way of remembering someone. Having brought up social media, I'd be really interested to research and understand between these two groups, people who met first in real life and found one another on social media, or those who met one another on social media first and later in person, which group might tend to have a better recollection of the names and personal qualities of the people they happen to interact with? There may be no difference. But of course, Ian, as a distinct and memorable human being sitting right across from me, before we conclude this episode, what would you like the audience to think about after listening to our discussion? I would urge listeners to be conscious when they do hear themselves saying, I'm not very good with names. Think about the factors that are going into that. And maybe if it's something you can fix, such as the presence that you're bringing to a conversation, then take a second and center yourself. But if it's something else, like you just have other priorities, then that's totally fine. And there's no shame in that. Similarly, in this process of reflecting, I know that I tend to really want to remember people's names and make them feel, in some sense, remembered. But that's a reflection on me and some of my concerns when it comes to social interactions. So I would love to know from listeners, do you sense your priorities in social interactions? Does it bother you if you don't remember someone else's name and may have to ask for it later? And also, how would you feel if someone else forgot your name and what theories you might have about what makes a name memorable, forgettable, or anything in between? And of course, Ian, I'd really like to thank you for making the time and speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Kip, it's always a delight being here with you. But of course, as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and we're definitely not the only two people with names, so we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you'll receive exclusive perks like bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.